0: It's not like it's twice as hard to learn two readings of the kanji. I think it's exponential. Like, the more readings you learn with the kanji, like, exponentially, the more difficult it becomes just because you're trying to, like, memorize the same type of thing with the kanji multiple times, and then those things get confused with each other. Uh, like, you're crossing wires. So anyway, so you learn the one reading, and then you learn the rest of the readings through vocabulary. So the vocabulary, of course, they're going to take all these other readings. Like, we have nama, which is one of the readings. You have umu, to give birth. Uh, ikiru to get to live Uh, that way you're having a one-to-one memory relationship with these vocabulary words and the readings for these vocabulary words rather than for this kanji Everybody, welcome to the Tofugu podcast. I am the hero of your fellowship, Koichi Dolph, <laughs> but but the elves they call me Miss Rendear. <laughs> oh no! And these are the other members of my fellowship of the ring. Uh, yeah. My name
1: is Michael Billy Boyd. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, okay, I'm Michael Billy Boyd. I'm one of the hobbits.
0: <laughs> and then, uh, lastly, we're we're joined by. Uh, who are you? <laughs> there are no girls in this. There aren't, are there? <laughs> Not I in the fellowship. I just realized.
2: I'll be Crystalis. What? <laughs> <laughs> the L. That's just a science word. <laughs> yeah. That's chrysalis. <laughs> <laughs> Crystalis
1: was an NES game.
0: And I have a bow and all the girls love me. And, and Bilbo has called us all together to, <laughs> to tell you about <laughs> the history of kanji and... That's what we have been charged with before. I don't know. Before. <laughs> Maybe this. So the Council of Elrond is <laughs> he's happening. Very, he's and we're very gonna, curious about the history of kanji. We have to
1: learn the history of kanji and sing a hundred poems about it <laughs> before we can move on to the good part of the book.
0: <laughs> yes. Don't
2: skip the chapter on Tom Bombadil because oh, those, yes. those songs are great. Um, yeah. I don't care what
0: anybody says. I really like that part. Unfortunately, he abducted us, and, and now we. Now we can't talk about kanji mm-hmm. and the history of it. He's not into writing. That's, that's the thing. He hates writing. Who? Tom? Tom Bombadil? Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they were talking about the history of, uh, of kanji. Mm-hmm. That thing that everybody hates so much. Wait, the history of it or kanji?
1: Huh? <laughs> Which one do they hate? Kanji or the history of kanji? Oh,
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, they hate kanji, but once they listen to the history, they're going to... Probably nothing will change, but let's do it. Well, maybe they'll understand kanji more. (laughs) They might understand it. That's true. Like, when you understand something, you you grow tolerant of it. Mm -hmm. It's a good, important lesson for human beings (laughs) all over the world. You know, you got to learn about things, and then then you won't be so hateful. All right. Mm
2: -hmm. I'm going to put out, and I'm sorry, because there's a lot of fire fumes in Portland right now. (laughs) And I think we might have all gone crazy. Nope.
1: No. Um... (laughs) That's just the worms talking. Yep. The brain worms. It's,
0: uh, it's all the, what did they call it? What do the hobbits call it? The <laughs> what? The, the grass that they eat?
1: Oh, the, s- the smoke-em's grass?
0: <laughs> yeah. They're just stuffing their, their gullets with <laughs> smoke em grass. I yeah. want to know what it's called now. Something it's, leaf. It's something boring. It's yeah. like elf leaf because those elves are always getting high. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no,
2: no.
3: But we're not Pi- here to pipe talk. Pipeweed. We're it's not here to. It's yeah. pipeweed everywhere. We're not
0: here to talk about the Fellowship of the Ring. If, if anything, we're doing more like the Simularian. Where the so I don't the know. I don't know about all these <laughs> all these nerd things. Okay. Yes, uh, yes. You
1: only know about right. the history of kanji. I only know about the history of, of kanji. That all the jocks love yeah. to talk See, about. I was the a parties. jock in high school. What, and college. what sport
0: did you play? You know, I, of course, football. They were into the kanji scene mm-hmm. the most. <laughs> we we spent we huddled a lot and we talked about our kanji plans and how to write them and. Anyways, we're gonna talk about where kanji came from. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know when this got out of control, but <laughs> it needs to come
1: back. We're back. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's talk about the history of kanji. Where did it come from?
0: I think that's a secret <laughs> that was lost with the Aztecs. The <laughs> yeah, Aztecs? You think you think the
2: Aztecs are the one that they, they had it? They were like a we can't did let this a, get out. Better die have with sort it. Sort
0: of a like pictogrammy sort of writing thing, right? Or is Wh- that the Mayans? We didn't
2: have pictogram? Well,
0: I didn't. To start,
2: well. Hmm.
1: So, so kan- kanji are pict- pict- pictograms, right? That's different than hieroglyphs.
2: Well, mm. that's a good question. I
0: will, please, Kristen,
2: help. I us. will destroy that myth in a little bit. But okay. first, I know that Koichi has some some history notes that I've been hearing a little bit about. Oh, and I let think
0: me regale you the story of kanji. <laughs> <laughs> I, sorry if I'm not pronouncing that right. I don't, you know, I'm sure Jie that, That's that sounds an awful lot like Kangji that name. Yeah, he was a he was a guy from China and he's a, he's a he's known as a legendary figure cuz perhaps he's not real. <laughs> 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 he was uh, supposedly around in 2650 BC. So that was a long time ago. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I guess oh, math is not my strong suit, but that that it's would like be like four thousand six hundred years ago, six hundred fifty and seventeen years ago, <laughs> fifteen seventeen. Yeah, uh-huh. that's how Abraham ham- <laughs> 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 That's how Abraham Hinken says it. <laughs> Good old zombie Abraham. So, <laughs> so Kangjie. That's spelled C-A-N-G-J-I-E in. Uh, in our roman script
2: which really means nothing because yeah, it's I terrible i'm
0: sure i'm pronouncing it wrong he was uh, he was a historian of the yellow emperor mm-hmm. who i don't really know who he is <laughs> to be honest
2: great start guys i swear we know the japanese parts mm-hmm. well yeah
1: was, well, what did what did he do kanji
0: well he was a historian and he, legend says he had four eyes oh, okay that never comes up again mm-hmm. at least in this kanji story but why would you have four eyes
2: you're you have four eyes right now Glasses. Okay. Oh. glasses he had
0: glasses if this was ancient aliens they the would. aliens like, gave him glasses could it be that when they say four eyes they mean glasses there weren't glasses back then could it be that was a terrible impression uh anyways yeah he might have been an alien so anyways legend has it that he had four eyes right mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's also written that he also had four pupils so they wanted to specify that <laughs>
2: that it was not in They glasses. weren't just
0: blank eyes Oh, that's true. They weren't glasses. Okay, we're yeah, figuring Yeah, hey man, they aren't glasses. There were eyes under there. They were eyes. So we had four eyes. Mm-hmm. I was thinking like he just didn't have two blank eyes and <laughs> two eyes with pupils. <laughs> so apparently he made all of the kanji characters. Or he invented the, the idea of han- hanji? Hanxi? I don't know. But the Chinese version, Chinese characters of kanji, the original version of kanji. He just made them all. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when he made them, the, the deities, the gods, and all the ghosts... They they're so happy. I don't know if they're happy, but they, they <laughs> cried, and the sky rained millet. <laughs> so no, what? What
2: did, what did it rain?
1: Millet. Like
0: millet? seed? Yeah. So that's great. It's millet. That's what you
1: use to mill things, right? I don't know.
2: Come on, guys. <laughs> it's an ancient grain. Haven't you grain. played any JRPGs where it's you had a, to collect millet? No. No. What? That sounds awful. collect, like, it's gems. Grain. What awful game is... Are you... What? Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, no.
3: <laughs>
1: oh.
2: There's botany, and you can farm all day. And I'm going to do that when I go home today. But yeah, After you
0: can, kanji you history. Can, you can probably guess where the word kanji comes from. It's from Kong Jie. But uh, let me tell you the legend of him. It's taken a long time. I'm sorry. So there, there's actually two, and one of them is kind of silly. The, the yellow emperor, he was not happy with the, the rope-knot-tying method of keeping history, which uh, I can understand. And so he was like, hey, my historian Kong Jie, you got four eyes and four pupils. Perhaps you could create a character set that would allow us to keep track of history and write things down. And so like, he was like, okay, I'll, I'll do what you say. And so he sat down next to a river, and he thought about it, and he got stuck. And he tried and tried and tried, but he couldn't do it. So he looked up in the sky, and he saw a phoenix. I guess so isn't the right <laughs> word. He just, he just happened to look up in the sky, and he saw a phoenix. And the phoenix had something in its beak. And he dropped that thing, of course, because this is a stupid old story. And uh, the object <laughs> fell down right in front of Jie, and, and on this thing that this phoenix dropped was the imprint of, a, of like an animal, animal's hoof. A hoofprint. That's what they're called.
1: <laughs> Not a whole animal's body. <laughs> Not a
0: whole animal's body. No, I don't know how big phoenixes are, but yeah, they couldn't do that. Um, so, so he didn't know it was, he didn't know what animal it was, so I'm sure he was procrastinating or something, because he didn't want to work on these, this, uh, writing method homework that he got from the Yellow Emperor, so he, he found a hunter, and he was like, hey, what's on this, uh, what's on this imprint that this phoenix was carrying? First of all, it's really weird that a phoenix is carrying, like, a stone or something with the it's imprint on it. It's like a plaster a cast it. of a hoof. <laughs> yeah. He was, a um... He's like, I'm going to take this back to Phoenix court. This will be the evidence we need to, to prove that this hoofed animal was the murderer. It
2: was more like, oh, I dropped it. We found the Yeti. Yeah, yeah. And he was going to tell all
0: the others. Bigfoot truther. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, so he talked to a hunter, and he showed the hunter this thing. And the, the hunter was like, okay, without a doubt, this, this thing is a, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, a P-X-U, P-X-U, Sorry, p i x i u which is like a hybrid creature, I guess. It's not its not a chimera they want to make clear, but it's basically like a winged lion, which sounds a lot like a chimera to me.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Those have snake tails.
0: Oh, sorry. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, this Pi uh, Xiu is the very powerful protector of practitioners of feng shui. So <laughs> throwing that one out there. Anyone who's practicing feng shui or has a very well laid out home, mm-hmm. you got some protection.
1: So if someone attacks you or derides you for using feng shui, oh. then right. peace you All and, right, or right, kill right. them. You where where summon. does
0: the actual kanji come in? Well, I'm getting to that in the next 20 minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he, the hunter thought it was this pi Xu, and And the, his reasoning behind it was because it didn't look like anything else he'd ever seen. So it must be this <laughs> mythical creature which is some great old-timey logic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he was like, wow, I'm really inspired by this, this information. And so he was so inspired that he decided that he would try to capture in drawing all the special characteristics of all the things on Earth.
1: Wait, <laughs> he, that's how he made kanji? Kind of, because yeah. Because he saw a foot.
0: Yeah, and, it, and, and some hunter was like, oh, it's definitely this thing because I'd never seen it before.
1: he's like all right now I know what to do
0: yeah and he he thought like okay this will be the the perfect kind of writing and so like he paid really close attention to like all the things like the moon and the stars and the sun and the clouds and the lakes and the oceans I'm not reading from a list and uh, and all like animals and birds and stuff yeah, and he, like, tried to take these special characteristics and he tried to apply them to writing. And, like, if you think about it a little bit more, it makes a little bit of sense more back then because, like, the writing system was more like drawings of things. I'm sure mm-hmm. Kristen will talk about that. She looks really excited over there.
2: Oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, like, and, and then he, he took, he, he wrote all these things and he took it back to the emperor. And the emperor was so excited that he called all the premiers of the nine provinces together so that they can learn it. Remember, they made a bunch of like, monuments and statues and temples in his honor. And that's how Kanji was made. Um, there's another story which makes a little bit more sense, even though I think he's probably just a mythical person. But he, he was observing the network of veins on a turtle. And he's like, oh, man, I could make a writing system out of this. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. And Why was he doing that? That's what I want to know. Like, do you think he was opening a turtle? To eat it, wow. or was he just like looking really close? And He's like, "Oh, I like I like turtle veins. I'm <laughs> <laughs> really into this. Oh man, uh, look at these! I, I look at them so much, I start to see patterns." Mm. Okay, so <laughs> let's just we can just end there because yeah, no, 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 we've no, no told okay. the history of content. Okay, okay, we did it. Let's clear the We're air a little
2: bit. That may or may not be true. I'm going to go with uh, no, that's not true. But probably
0: around that time, there was. There were phoenixes back then. That's mm-hmm. true. Well. Before they went extinct. <laughs> and, and Pichus as well. Mm. They roamed the lands.
1: Were there turtles at least?
0: <laughs> one would, you know, one is not sure. <laughs> anyway,
2: around that time, obviously something happened and someone important enough mm-hmm. went, hey, we can draw symbols that look like things as a writing system mm-hmm. right are we, are we all in agreement whether or not there were phoenixes and bigfoot searchers or <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. or feng yeah. shui men so, yeah,
1: so sure. okay that might not be true but someone did make a writing system
2: and it did originate in china
1: okay we got that
0: or what we consider china today okay yeah. i mean they they found like evidence of this from like the 17th century bc wait what
1: evidence of this man no no i don't think 17th
0: century bc is right is it i don't know if we're talking 4,000 plus years ago maybe it's about right because that gives a few hundred years for them to start putting on (laughs) stuff (laughs) oh my
2: god
0: (laughs) this is is found on on tortoise shells and animal bones
2: let's talk about how this is relevant to japan can we do that
1: Okay, I thought there was more turtle information coming. <laughs> <laughs> Do
2: right, we want right, to talk about right. the turtles? So let's let's move on in time a little bit. I want to talk about burning turtles. All right, go ahead. Go what? ahead. This is a little oh, further okay. on in time. Is it? Yes. Okay. Time. so This is
0: like 17th century BC, between 17th and 11th so century BC. Centuries work. Is yeah. it
1: behind? Like, you've got your zero. Wait, 17th century is the 1600... Oh, no, wait, no, B.C.
0: Mm-hmm. Before China.
2: It is, in fact, a time. It's from 1700 to 1601 B.C. So
0: yeah, so that sounds about right, right? Okay. So they, they found, like, tortoise shells and, and animal bones, which are called jia guen, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong again. And so that was, like, the, the Shang dynasty of China, which was a long time ago. And uh, so they had, there's, like, writing on these tortoise shells and these uh, animal bones. And so these are the things that, that had writing on it that like uh, resembled sort of those like pictographs, things that kind of look like the things that they're trying to be. Do you want to talk about that? You seem to know, you know a lot more about that than I do. Not seem to, you definitely about do. about the gods and talking to the gods with the
1: turtles? Oh, we will.
2: I don't know what you mean by that, but I'm sure Koichi does in some way. Um, if you're talking about pictograms, which I think you are, Mm -hmm. Um, I only know in Japan, but in Japanese, for kanji, a small percentage of the kanji that we have today are kind of stylized pictograms. Pictograms meaning they are representations of something physical written in some way. So you have kanji like hand-hand. And you may look at it and be like, that doesn't look like a hand. But imagine like drawing an actual tracing an outline to your hand. And then over time, it slowly evolves into that kanji. So really, really simple ones like body parts, like your ears or your eyes. You can look this stuff up online and you'll see like how over time it went from a pictogram into the stylized version we have today that came from China through Korea to Japan. But a lot of people who are like not too knowledgeable about, knowledgeable about Japanese or kanji, will be like, oh, all of kanji are pictograms. They all look like the thing they represent. But one, that's not how language works. Not everything we say is like a concrete object. Like if I say thought, what do you draw for thought? Mm,
1: clouds. <laughs> Ooh, That's a good <laughs> I one. I did it. Damn it. <laughs> um,
2: but there's only about 600 pictograms in Japanese kanji. Six hundred. That's what? it. And
1: there's like how many kanji? Ten thousand.
2: I mean, that people use probably like twenty three hundred. Mm-hmm. But again, we don't really, we don't really use all of them. Yeah. So,
0: or just almost never.
2: Yeah. So if somebody says, "Oh, it kanji is really easy because it just looks like what it is." No, basic body parts, sure. Mm-hmm. But other than like, it's a tree, it's a child, it really doesn't. <laughs> like mountain cool it's got three points and river is weavity lines that that's what you got um Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different ones and i can go over those after
0: i'm I'm looking at like a chart that shows the evolution of some of these characters and it's like on the far left side we have the the oracle bones which is what we're talking about the tortoise shells and the bones and those look a lot more like the actual thing that they represent except for horse that horse is standing up on its hind legs (laughs) (laughs) That was a good podcast. Again, like the fish, it looks like a fish. And then it becomes like the modern version of fish, which is...
2: I'm sure in the um, description we can share a link to some kind of... Maybe. ...random website. Or just Google, like...
0: Yeah.
1: Just Google Google it up. Show me the kanji Yeah, Like sun
0: is a lot more round, for example. The moon is Mm -hmm. like a half crescent. It looks, it looks a lot more like them. So. so
2: slowly, all of these pictograms evolved into what we have today, which may not necessarily look like what they originally represented, but they did one day actually look like the thing that they're representing.
0: My favorite theory about how these original versions came to be is that they found all these characters on these bones, right? These bones and tortoise shells. And so one of the theories that there's these oracles, they were taking tortoise shells and they're putting them in fire and they're burning them. And then when the fire is done... They would check out the shell and there'd be all these cracks in them. And these cracks would like have these different patterns. And so they would take these patterns as messages from like the gods. And then like, oh, this looks like rain and a rice field. We're going to get rain. And then they'd tell the emperor and the emperor would be like, awesome job, guys. You did it. And then Amber then would be like, hey, can you send a message back for me? Like, I want this and that. And so then after a while, like, they started recognizing patterns that, like, would come up a lot. And so they'd take these patterns and they'd write them back on the shells. And then they'd burn the shells to send a message back. I don't know if that's true, but Some I like the idea of, of burning turtle shells. <laughs> Some of that is partially
2: true. The idea that there were oracles who would put bones, usually knuckle yeah. bones, into a fire. And then they would read those cracks because they would correspond with certain pictograms that they had made up already. Mm-hmm. That is true. But we don't know. Whether they used them necessarily as messages as well, I, I honestly don't know. Um, for all I know, that could be true. But unless you find like documented research done on something that Koichi is saying today, don't, <laughs> don't, don't tell anybody <laughs> that was, about that was, this. That was one
0: of several theories. Right, yeah, there are a lot there. of theories. <laughs> it was a long time ago, so
2: right. Uh, generally, it is accepted that looking at these turtle shells and these knuckle bones does give us a sign of well, they were definitely using language at this point. Mm-hmm. Whether it was language that we think of today, with its own syntax and stuff like that, um, written language at least, spoken yes, language. I'm pretty sure they were talking to each other. Yeah, one, yeah. Um, but they did. They were using symbols with each other to represent concrete things.
0: And that's why we talk about burning turtles on Wanikani. It's not because we're cruel to turtles. Oh, sorry, tortoises and the
1: turtles are already dead, right? Yeah, not throwing live well, turtles in a fire. I don't know. Well,
0: Wani Kani isn't. Well, Wani kind of is, but <laughs> the the idea is
2: that <laughs> you already ate the turtle mm-hmm. or whatever the bones are from, and then you wouldn't be wasting them; you'd be using them to talk to, to the
0: guy. People were super Hopefully. into eating tortoises back then, and not too long ago, and maybe now too. <laughs> I don't
2: Just think sad. you're supposed to know.
0: They're delicious, apparently. One one would imagine. <laughs> yeah, I've never had one. <laughs> well, like they went on and on about how delicious they were when I was in the Galapagos. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I assume cause, like people like in, in boats, they would stop off and grab a few tortoises and then put them in their boats. And then they just like hang out in the boat for like six months and they don't eat that much. They're full of water. They can like kind of be bounced around a little bit because they got that hard shell. <laughs> they oh, can't move. Tortoises? Right now. I thought
1: you were talking about the people. No <laughs> water. No bouncing around.
0: <laughs> no tortoises. They they <laughs> last a the long time with water inside them. Mm-hmm. They don't require much. And then when they're hungry, they just eat a tortoise, and it like would feed a bunch of people. Okay. And they were delicious, apparently. <laughs> Anyways,
2: let let's get back on track. And they brought
0: writing the, about into the into Asia. Thank you. So
1: the one thing we can know for sure is tortoises are delicious. Caper. <laughs> Oh, well no. yes, what? tortoises are <laughs> delicious
0: and kanji came from China. Don't, don't you dare eat a tortoise, whoever you are listening to this.
2: All right. Let's let's try real hard to get this back on are, track.
0: Are you that reviewer that keeps saying that you like our <laughs> podcast but you don't like our rants? It's not me. <laughs> All those, all those I reviews came in. from I can't Kristen. imagine there's more than one person who doesn't <laughs> like our rants. Yeah. <laughs> all right,
2: but for those of you who are listening for any edge and <laughs> for some reason for information, mm-hmm. let's let's move on to if China created all this stuff. How did it end up in Japan?
0: Um, aliens, mm. <laughs> ancient aliens. Ooh, maybe some tortoises escaped with markings on them.
2: Ah, uh, it's really far.
0: It's a really long way. Buddhism something?
2: Not Ooh, yet. Buddhism wasn't really a thing in Asia yet. Well, okay. at least East Asia. Mm. So we're talking about like the fourth century Levar or so. Burton? I don't know what that is. And I'm going to ignore reading it. Reading Rainbow.
1: Yeah. What? He's the host of Reading
0: Rainbow. Oh
2: my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I thought you said a uh, Barburton. And I don't know what that <laughs> <His> was. brother.
0: <laughs> his, his, bro- his illiterate brother, a <laughs> Barburton. Okay. 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 <laughs>
1: Okay, so it came from China. How did it get to Japan? That right.
2: Was. So, around the fourth century, Japan and Korea and China were kind of getting to know each other. They were all pretty close. They all shared really, really, really far back ancient ancestors. But at this point, they're especially Japan with China. They're just kind of getting in contact. China and Korea kind of thought of Japan as like these backwards savages, barbarian people, because they were really disparate and they were warring all the time. Oh yeah. What did they call
0: them? Um, The
2: people of Wa. And Wa basically meant like small, submissive submissive barbarians or something. (laughs) There's like a really old book that, is pretty much like here are all the things of the world and it goes over like (laughs) famous people and then it's like look at the peoples of korea and it shows them in their beautiful dress and it's like in the other section it's like the barbarians of wa they're real small (laughs) and they they suck and they don't know anything um so china and korea didn't really think very highly of japan at the time Um, probably for good reason they had a lot of different leaders they were always killing each other it wasn't great but eventually scholars confucian scholars not buddhist scholars confucian was really a big deal at the time started coming from korea to japan and meeting with the groups that were well they (laughs) still consider it the current line of the emperor now Mm -hmm. and when they got there The people of Japan that that were studying the Confucianism they were bringing said, hey, we got to copy this stuff down because texts were the only way that they brought over this information. So they would by hand copy this stuff over and they would learn how to write. And eventually they were like, hey, this stuff is really cool. Let's use it. So for a while they were just using classical Chinese. So scholars would have in Japan would have to learn classical Chinese and then translate it for everybody around them. And if you were in the upper class, like elite, you had to know classical Chinese. Eventually, people were like, this is a terrible idea. Let's try to make this Japanese. So what they did was make a writing system called Manyogana, which was taking characters from Chinese and basically using them just for their phonetic components. So the pronunciation. So you ended up with a bunch of Japanese written in what looked like Chinese. The problem with this is that Chinese characters are really hard and they're really complicated. And they would try to take ones that sounded similar, but Chinese and Japanese don't use the same sounds. They have completely different phonetic alphabets. So you would end up with like six different characters that could be Ka and you'd have like 20 different characters that could be Pa and you'd be reading the same line and it would be different characters for the same reading in Japanese and it was miserable but this is legitimately what they did for
0: a while so you have one line of Japanese it could be written in like any number of ways right awesome No.
1: (laughs) so there there wasn't like one Chinese character that was picked for Pa Mm -mm. it was just like any of these Mm -hmm. can be used and any of them can be used in the same text. Yes. It's like,
0: you be you. And you choose <laughs> the one you want to write <laughs> just with. Just do
1: what you want. <laughs> just, just be you. Okay.
2: It was really, really messy. Um, and if a Chinese person at the time had looked at it, they'd be like, what the heck is this? And it wouldn't make any sense because they weren't using <laughs> the meanings, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if they had yeah. used the meanings, maybe they could kind of infer, like, oh, dog, cat, food. Oh, okay. Like, we need to give dogs and cats food. Mm-hmm. But... It wasn't like that at all. It was just the pronunciation. So you could actually probably do this with Chinese today and have the same horrible results. Be like, well, this kanji kind of sounds like sha. So I'll use it in the word. What the heck starts with sha? I don't know. Shaman. Shaman. I mean, yeah. And you'd write out shaman and it would be shaman in English to you. Mm-hmm. And you would have to teach other people. Oh, well, I used to these two because sha and men. And a Chinese person would be like, that's not what that is. That doesn't make any sense. And Japan used this for a while. You can actually um, read a lot of interesting stuff about this.
0: It's manyogana for mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah, Man'yō. Following along with their uh, We their know about it because there know. was... In their there Chromebooks. Were
2: <laughs> the name comes from a text called the Manyoshu, which is like a big, big, big collection of poetry. Hmm. Um, from the 7th
3: century... Don't look at me! I don't.
2: It was know. from 700, <laughs> 700 something AD. Ooh. Very, very old. Even if you know Japanese now, you can't read it. Even if you try to like parse it apart, because it's in classical. What
0: do you guys think about bringing it back? Bringing
1: back Man'yōgana?
0: Yeah, let's do it. It would
2: be like one of those fun <laughs> um, decryption kind Ooh, of puzzles yeah. you used to get in the newspaper.
0: Yeah, yeah like where like, kind of like the letter A equals the number one. Exactly. Except it would be know.
2: way more complicated, and your little like code dialer would have like be really, really, really big and be like well, it could be 15 like, you, for the letter Did you letter have a code eye. dialer
0: when you were growing up?
1: No. <laughs> you have like secret <laughs> decoder rings. Yeah, I was thinking
2: of you've... a Christmas story decoder ring. Did you grow mm-hmm. up in the 60s? <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> I never had a decoder ring.
1: Did I'm, you have a I think
2: in Girl Scouts I had something that we got to what? do like cool. So.
1: Did you have a, a beanie with a propeller? What? <laughs> that was I in the 60s? <laughs> I
2: had a beanie nice. as a brownie in girl scouts is a little brown beanie it's kind of looked like a yarmulke oh cool i don't think they have this anymore i'm not old don't make fun of me (laughs) we
0: can bring that back along with maniogana
1: i don't think anyone ever wore beanies with propellers even though it's in a lot of media
0: i don't know i've i've walked by hot dog on a stick in the mall (laughs) (laughs) do they have propellers on their beanies i don't know i think they do don't they i could be just like misremembering it because i wanted them to have it yeah,
1: I want them to also. Yeah, also jughead crowns.
0: <laughs> you can get those I don't at one ever Burger wore King. wore those either. Yeah, that's true. No one does that anymore. Anyway, Kanji. <laughs> so
2: obviously, using man-yogana was not the best Mm-mm. for anybody. So eventually, taking some of these characters, Confucian scholars said, "Hey, there's a better way to do this," and they basically created simplified versions of some of them which ended up turning into katakana, hmm. which we know today is one of the three alphabets of Japan and is actually pretty simple.
0: If you, uh, if you look up history of katakana or just look up katakana, I think, in just Wikipedia, I think on that page they show you kind of where katakana came from, from these So You can actually mm-hmm. see the origin of them. If you mm-hmm. want
1: to learn katakana, you can do it on Tofugu.com. <gasps> what? In less than a day.
0: It's true. You can learn it really fast. And then if you do it, you'll also respect your elders more due to its Confucius roots. (laughs) So all you parents out there, make your kids learn katakana. Yeah. We can help.
2: This is also how (laughs) hiragana came about, but it's not as simple. Hiragana was more like a cursive kind of style. Mm. And the problem with having these three alphabets, you could call them, at the time, this was the Heian period. Those were the days. (laughs) Okay. The
1: Genji days. (laughs) Actually,
2: they were, but I'm getting to that. The Han period was from the late 700s to 1185-ish. This is the time when you think about, like, oh, flowery courts and poetry in japanese history this is really the time for that and a lot of dead peasants <laughs> and a lot of dead peasants uh we don't we obviously don't have any records from peasants because they couldn't write because paper was paper was like cloth it was like
0: mm-hmm. the
2: thing if somebody gifted you a bunch of paper or a bunch of cloth it was like wow you're really rich mm-hmm. that's why
0: i collect paper in my home i have piles of it all over and for, i can barely for when, walk through my for when home things turn yeah. <laughs> i also collect oil and matches so, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I collect piles of green
1: paper with presidents on them, which I exchange for goods and services.
0: <laughs> that was a good story. Yeah. So the Han period.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Most higher ups in the Han period, we're talking the elite of the elite, like the cousin of the emperor and things like that, mm-hmm. or his court. There was a lot of very, very rich stuff going on in the capital. Nice and men still wanted to use man yōgana. They still wanted to use kanji to write mm-hmm. because it was educa- It was so, so smart and highbrow and educated. Oh yeah, and so you had all these women in the court who were also really educated, and they were not supposed to use kanji, and so they started using the cursive style that no one that wasn't popular that no one was using, and that's hiragana. So when you hear about the oldest, I think they've cons- considered the oldest work of fiction, Tale of Genji, that was written in hiragana.
1: So, Wait, so we went from manyogana mm-hmm. and then manyogana was too complicated. So they made katakana. But then some people still wanted to use manyogana mm-hmm. because it looked nice
2: imagine people nowadays who use the British spelling with OU for color <laughs> because it makes you sound smarter and things okay. like that. Or someone who I uses like really big words that are kind of outdated because it makes you sound
0: smart. I feel, mm-hmm. like, I feel like Katakana is just like, well, it, it is a simplified version of the Manyogana. Mm-hmm. So like, it's just, it's like shorthand kind of. What's a, is that, is that a thing?
2: Usually that's more.
0: And I wouldn't be caught dead writing that because I want to look sophisticated <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know it. But yeah, I see, I see what you mean.
2: So picture what you think of as Chinese hint, like writing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of blocky. Katakana took like the blocky versions of that. It literally said, okay, these I'm going to take. Hiragana was like taking calligraphy and being like, okay, this is our cursive script. Okay. So they, they aren't, it's not like they took Katakana and went, oh, we're going to make it prettier. Mm-hmm. It kind of derived from different things. When you look at basic kanji block letters, that's where katakana derived from. They took a certain number of characters and they said, okay, this one's read this way. We're going to take this portion of it. That's why sometimes you'll see mm. like katakana characters inside of kanji and be like, hey, wait a second. That's that. Mm-hmm. Hiragana was based off of a cursive script of Chinese calligraphy. Um, so that's why it's considered a cursive style. It's not as blocky. It's a lot of rounded characters. And nobody was using that. It existed, and all these elites were like, no, we're going to use the kanji system. I don't want to use this.
1: So were they made at the same time? It and was, then just all, of this was
2: all of this was during the Heian period, yeah. Okay. So women who were also elites were educated, but they weren't quite educated to the level of men, so they never got to kanji. But they learned how to write, and they learned how to write with this cursive style. So you had women writing a lot, like... What they did with their time was compose poetry and um, they would go on outings together and there were certain colors and clothes that you would wear for certain days. And it was actually really, really interesting. But they and they would write all of this down. And that's how you end up with like the pillow book, which is another book that came out at the same time. Well, it was published much later. You have the Tale of Genji, which is the first no- fiction novel. And then you have the Pillow Book, which is a series of diaries that were published later. And these were written in Hiragana because that's what women were allowed to write in. And now today, that's literally what we use. Like that same alphabet is, is what we write in.
1: So there hasn't been cool. any change?
2: There was a little bit of change. It wasn't exactly the same, but it does look very, very similar. So for being
1: so old, like. you'd think it would have changed a lot, but it really isn't, hasn't changed that much. Just a little bit,
0: <laughs> a little bit. I mean, it's like how many years? Like so, this was thousand? around.
2: Well, this specifically was probably probably in the beginning. So it was probably like the eight eight hundred ish AD that this was all going on.
1: That's like twelve hundred years. It's Wait. old. Sure, <laughs> I I literally
2: yeah. am not going to do that math, and I don't care. But it's very old. And actually, sometimes you'll hear hiragana referred to as onnade. Which mm-hmm. is a combination between the kanji for onna, woman, and te for hand. Ooh. Oh. So oh, it's like woman's the hand. woman's. Th- well, yeah, it's like women's writing. And then there was also like a shorthand thing for uh, men's writing, which was also otoko de.
0: Otoko de. Why is that te being rendaku? That doesn't <laughs> seem right or natural. It
2: feels it feels gross when you right? say it.
0: Uh, otoko I, de. Ah. Yeah, yeah onna de sounds well. It's not that bad. Yeah. The more I say it, the more I like it. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kinda people like, just said it a lot. Yeah, it's like how when I look at myself in the mirror, the more I look at myself, the more I think I'm not real. <laughs> yeah. You know?
1: It's just like that. <laughs> it's like the more you say spaghetti over and over, you yeah, the, loses all meaning.
0: Yeah, and, that, and the hungrier you get. <laughs> that wasn't that funny, Michael. <laughs> it's really funny when re- you have a mouthful of water. <laughs> I reject your laughter. <laughs> I do not accept it.
2: So that's the origin <laughs> of the writing systems that are used today in Japan. Eventually, they did come to like a weird compromise where you use kanji. Some, you know, some vocabulary uses kanji and sometimes there's extra outside. We'll talk about mm. that a little later. Yeah, okay. but mm-hmm. Hiragana and katakana are still used. Katakana is usually for loanwords, mm-hmm. usually newer ones. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's used for emphasis a lot in advertisements or signs. And hiragana is what you teach people first usually because it's a phonetic alphabet you can spell anything in it and it is the basis of the language and then kanji is something that you learn later that is for more educated people you learn it in school and there's a certain number you're supposed to learn for each grade and that is com- entirely a holdover from hey this is the way we're supposed to be writing things because this is what makes you smart and that's that's what chinese people are and that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. So okay so we are kind of at that point where i think the next step is to to figure out how we got from manyogana where we're just r- taking the phonetic sounds of these hanji and we're changing them or we're just like putting them together to spell japanese words how did that how did the chinese characters become japanese characters where like now you don't like you actually do take the meaning of a character a kanji And then it's the same as the Japanese meaning. And then you apply some things for the most part. So how did we get that transition?
2: Let's take a step back. Obviously, in Japan, there was language before they ever had any contact with any other (laughs) countries. And another thing to remember is that Japan as we know it was not. A real thing. It was not these oh it's all these islands and they're all together. Like Hokkaido didn't join for a long time. You can forget about everything up there. It was basically um, picture the Kyoto area it was that. Mm. With like a little bit on the outside. and
1: yeah, Tokyo area was kind of like the wild land. Yeah. Right?
2: And just forget about all the islands that aren't connected to Honshu. When China did come over they obviously people were learning classical Chinese, what we would think of as Chinese at the time. And eventually, after all of this weird wholesale acceptance of only pronunciations or just the language, you end up with saying, okay, we're going to write with our own language, but we like these characters, but we already have our own words. How are we going to do this? So in some cases, they would take a kanji for something they already had that had a reading and say okay we'll use both we will use the word that you taught us with the reading you taught it with and we will also use it for our word and so you would get one reading that's chinese and you'd get one reading that was japanese in other cases if it was a concept or a thing that they did not have yet they would take the character and the reading and that was it it would not have a japanese reading this is for things like tea cha That's derived from really, really, really old Chinese. And it doesn't have a Japanese reading because tea didn't exist in Japan before China brought it there.
1: So things that that came from China probably just have a Chinese reading because they're like, hey, here's a word for it. And here's also the thing that you didn't know existed.
2: Sometimes. (laughs) Um, Here's where it gets kind of tricky. There are some kanji in Japanese that you would think they have to have their own word for. Some examples of kanji that only have a Chinese reading, doctor, like Isha, E. Yi. Stomach, <laughs> another e. Hmm. Meat or flesh. Niku mm-hmm. does not have a Japanese reading.
0: I mean they weren't super into meat back then. <laughs> must uh, have.
2: Here's one that makes sense. Elephant. zol.
1: Hmm. Okay. Probably didn't have elephants. Feeling. No one had feelings That's before. True. kanji no kan.
0: <laughs> no feelings. Maybe you just. I, I, no bet, one... I bet it's a little more complicated than that. Like they might have been like, "Oh, we do have a word for that, but oh, yours is so good."
2: That's possible. (laughs) Um, For ones like elephant or tea or like the concept of like a a doctor in the way that China had it, that Japan definitely didn't. Mm -hmm. It makes sense that they took those words wholesale. And you see that today. Japan has a lot of loan words. It's a language that has always embraced the languages of other cultures. And it usually takes that word, kind of makes it sound a little Japanese in the way that they do at that time period and then takes it. So when you look at a dictionary, or you're learning Japanese for the first time, you'll see more than one reading, usually two. Almost always, kanji will have at least two readings. The onyomi reading, which is the derived Chinese reading, or the kunyomi reading, which is the original Japanese reading. All of these have slowly evolved over time, but that is their origin, and they're all used in slightly different contexts. But before we get into that, there's a complication. I'm so sorry.
0: It's your fault.
2: <laughs> it's your fault. Actually, it's China's fault. China, if you know anything uh, about China, which Koichi like obviously doesn't because he can't like, pronounce any of the words.
0: I feel like it's Japan's fault. But anyways. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I feel like it was Mr. Jie's fault.
2: <laughs> All his fault. The phoenix did it. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you are a more advanced learner, or just intermediate, or if you're just like, yeah, I love kanji. Why are there so many onyomi readings? Why are there so many Chinese readings? Why are there, like, three Chinese readings? Why? Why,
1: There's only one China.
2: (laughs) Well, not not true. So... What? (laughs) (laughs) There were three really big language introductions into Japan. The first one was that period we were talking about, like, the 4th to the 6th century, that very first beginning when people were like, oh, wow, language, this is so great. That was called the Go-on shift, and that was when the Wu Dynasty, I think they were in the West. Please, I don't know that much about
0: it. I also haven't played Dynasty Warriors, so oh, I'm geez. not so sure. <laughs> but I know the guy with the beard and the green jacket was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, okay. So it
0: was him, sure. <laughs> I don't think so. That sounds... I don't remember that from Dynasty he Warriors. Of,
1: he was king of the Wu Dynasty. Okay, so Wu Dynasty so, gave us...
0: Okay. He, he might have been. Maybe you should I should step back. oh is he the blue guy <laughs> with the spear?
1: <laughs>
2: what makes you think of was a guy?
1: Please tweet at us about Ooh. how many dynasty warriors you have played.
0: <laughs> Please tell us.
2: Tell me who the, the girl with the fans was. I played her. Anyway. <laughs> so from the 4th to the 6th century, the Wu dynasty was in power. And Ooh. if you know anything about China, you know that there were constant power shifts and struggles And the capital was always moving, sometimes to the west, sometimes to the north, sometimes lower down. And with the capital and the people in power changing, you have completely different dialects coming in and becoming the official, quote-unquote, language of China. And if you know anything about Chinese dialects, you know that they are drastically different. Like, if you just think about, like, how many different, Like you have Cantonese and you have Mandarin. And that's just a small part. There are tons and tons and tons of Chinese dialects. Imagine if the place you're getting your language from has a new leader and then has a new language and then has a new capital. And that's where you're trying to get your stuff from. So you end up with three really distinct language shifts going from... Oh, geez. What is it?
0: I was just going to say it's important not to think of China as you would today. Like, you have to think of it as, like, different countries. like Right. So there was totally a period when countries.
2: Mongolia had power over Heck what yeah, we think of as China. And then we got pants. Pants and silks. And oh, we good. understood irrigation way better.
1: hmm Love those <laughs> Mongolians. <laughs> we'll have a Mongolian podcast next.
2: <laughs> I would be so in for that. Anyway, the Mongols were great. They were. So, 4th to 6th century. That's where we are. The Wu dynasty is in power. They're sending embassies through the Korean Peninsula. Korea is getting the language. Korea is sending embassies to Japan. Japan is fangirling all over those embassies and saying, God, oh, I give me your language. Them. Give me your language. Let me write it down. To the point where when you read texts by Korean embassies, they're like, oh, my God,
1: these Japanese Wait, people. I think it's emissaries. Fuck. Let's go back.
2: So when you read texts by these Korean emissaries, hmm. <laughs> they're like, oh, my God, these Japanese people are really And they're so dumb. They don't know anything. They don't have any language. I need them to get away from me. So they
1: didn't like the the Japanese friends they made?
2: (laughs) So you have to remember, they're taking like year-long pilgrimages on a boat from Korea to Japan, parading through every town they go through as like a huge, ooh, look at me. We're We're really cool. And... All of the merchants in the area are like, hell yeah, we're making money. This is great. Mm-hmm. Buy this totally legit picture of an elephant that they did drew and was not an Ooh. elephant, but and they're lying about. <laughs> and they
0: didn't have elephants in Japan, right. as we learned from the kanji. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: yeah, that was fun. So Wu Dynasty, time goes by. Now we're in the 7th to ninth centuries. The Han Dynasty is in control. It's like pretty sure they were farther north, maybe. Um, and so their version of kanji and Chinese started moving over to Korea and then moving over to Japan and they pronounce things a little different or a lot different but they still use the same kanji with the same meaning right and then oh it's 1185 oh it's right before you know it's the warring states period sometimes people call it it's, well it's before the Edo period mm-hmm. right and you have even more language coming over and so the Han Dynasty is actually where we got most of our kanji. Most of the readings we have today are from that, and that is called kan-on, kan like the kanji <gasps> ra- for oh. the kanji kan from kanji. It came that's from
0: kanon. kan-on. I think it came from kong, ji, but <laughs> jib, but whatever.
2: Then you move on and you get into the Muromachi Warring States kind of period, right before the Edo period, and that's when we get to-on, which. Some people think it's the Tang Dynasty. It's not. It's the Chinese. It's tol for China. Chinese pronunciation, which is the closest to current day Mandarin. So sometimes if you see a character that is using the tol reading, it can be, oh, like, that's kind of like the Mandarin that I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where it came from. But then that leaves us with all of these kanji with the same meaning, with not only a Japanese meaning and reading, but they end up with three different onyomi, or Chinese, readings. So you have four or more readings to know because they're all used in different words.
0: So I have some examples here. Please. That I thought up by myself and didn't look up our article. Definitely my work. Thank you. Um, like, for example, the, the, the kanji that means head, there's three readings for it. Three Chinese readings, onyomi readings. The Go'on reading, which is from the 4th to 6th century, which is the Wu dynasty pronunciation, is Zhu. The Kan'on reading, which is from the Han dynasty, 7th and 9th century, is To. And finally, the Toon reading, which is the uh, 1185 to 1573, the quote-unquote Chinese pronunciation, is Zhu. So like you might see any of these readings with this. Kanji. And, of course, there's the Japanese kunyomi re- reading for head, which is atama. So, like, this has four different readings. And if you're ever studying kanji and you're trying to learn a kanji you see that it has a bunch of readings, that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Usually, Usually one of them is going to be better than the rest, though.
2: But not necessarily, unfortunately. So Usually. There here, are exceptions. Yeah, so here's a good um, example of a really basic kanji, the kanji for Down or below mm-hmm. shita, Yeah, that one. Right? Comes up all the time. There are a lot of words that are new that you'll see with it like chikatatsu, subway, ika, for like less than. Um what's another good one? Noka? Noka, yeah.
0: Always, which they totally didn't have before.
2: And they all have <laughs> the ka reading, but right. you also have words like geta, like the clogs you see. Mm-hmm people wear in old timey towns you have gehin which is a word for crude or vulgar and those readings use ge and you can see that like guitar, are very obviously older than subways Mm -hmm. and you have to know both of these readings but depending on the context depending on what you're reading depending on what you're doing with your japanese one of them could be more important than the other and you should learn one before the other but like you're gonna have to learn both eventually which can be really difficult, but you can blame China for that because they kept having different leaders and different languages and different capitals, and it's all their fault. Well,
0: I would blame Japan personally for letting I, in so much I have
1: language. A question. Yeah, that yeah. was my yes. question. Was like after the first wave of you know readings, Japan's like, oh cool, thanks for the readings, and then <laughs> like the neck, the new people come in power, and they're like hey, we got some new readings for you. <laughs> why didn't Japan be like, uh, that's cool. We already got all our <laughs> we got readings, some good thanks.
2: Ones. Well, a lot of them were completely new words. Remember, these are centuries apart, right? Hmm. So at the time, Kanon, the Han dynasty one, the one right in the middle, that was always considered, oh, well, this is the correct reading. So there was a little bit of a hierarchy in there, hmm. which is why most of the readings are Kanon. They're from the, the 7th to ninth century. So
0: why not just take all of those readings? 'Cause I mean they're they're already applying Japanese words, Japanese readings to these kanji. So it's not like they're they're like, Oh, okay, I gotta do the right one. That's another problem but too. Not always.
2: Not all of these not all these Chinese emissaries are going to the same place or the same mm. right? So Japan mm. was very fragmented during these years. So, so you could get a reading in one part of the country and a reading in another one. Generally they would go to the capital, but the capital in Japan was also moving. Like in the Han period, the capital would move around. It would move into different cities. Like, if there was a flood, oh, we have to move the capital. It's been defiled. Like, if someone died, they'd literally, within the capital city, they would move the palace. When women were on their period, they would have to move to a different place so that they didn't defile the home that they stayed in. And it was there was a lot of stuff about like, the idea of defilement and when something bad happens, you have to pick up and move. So China was moving around and Japan was moving around and all of these language innovations were happening and it was all
0: getting jumbled up together. So what you're saying is it's Tokugawa's fault. <laughs> <laughs> not... Wait, how? Well, well, he united the nation.
1: He should have united it sooner is what you mean.
0: And better and then been like, nope, this is the Tokugawa reading. And then came up with his own readings. Oof.
1: He should have been born earlier. Yeah, he and, and taking care of business. He should have changed all the, the readings period. to
0: poo, <laughs> poo, 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 got poo, 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 mas. So, <laughs>
2: another thing I'd like to say, please. <laughs> Again, if you know anything about Chinese, even if you know Mandarin, you can say, "Well, the 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 Chinese reading it, it isn't really Chinese." And that's because Japan has a lot less sounds. It's mm-hmm. less diverse than Chinese. Chinese has um, phonemes in their pitches. They have basically each pitch can mean something different. So in Japanese, you can say fu or hu, and people will think, oh, well, that's one thing. But if you said like food or hood in, ja- in English, you know that's two different things because fu and he have pho- two phonemes in English and one in Japanese. Uh, huck that. Chinese has a ton right so all of these readings are also getting simplified into the Japanese words that they could use their phonemes right so instead of getting the actual pronunciation you're also like getting it dumbed down into Japanese dumbed down is the wrong word but when you're taking something that's really diverse and making it into something smaller confines it's kind of what it is so they're not even the same readings that you would have gotten. They've been changed and they've been adapted. And that's the onyomi that we have.
0: Yeah, the tones are removed. Yep. Uh, Japan, you're just like the Hawaii of Asia. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How are they the Hawaii know. of Asia? Hawaii only has 11 letters. Oh. Anyways, that was a bad comparison.
1: Well, it makes sense once you I just explained wanted, it. just wanted to throw
0: out some, some Hawaii letter knowledge. <laughs> so...
2: Koichi, Hi. would you like to talk about Uh-oh. how you're supposed to figure out what to use when, like if there's all these <laughs> onyomi readings, if there's all these kunyomi readings, how do you know what to say when?
0: Well, everyone has their own opinion on it. There's different ways of doing it, obviously. Eventually, okay, just think about the end goal for, say say a kanji has four different readings. Say there's three onyomi readings and, and one kunyomi reading or two kunyomi readings or whatever. There's a bunch of readings. The end goal is you got to learn them all, right? So let's keep that in mind, that we're all trying to get to the same end goal, everybody. So uh, stop pushing. So stop pushing. <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> pushing what? <laughs> Everyone's going to go to the same place, so stop yeah. punching each other. Never mind. That's keep true. going. We're all going to get there. Ignore what we're I said. We're all going
0: to get there at our own speeds. It's just that our speed is faster because mm-hmm. we're in the fast lane. No. Um, but, okay, so everyone has the same end goal. Like, like everybody wants you to learn that. For this, uh, for the, the kanji for bright, you have to learn myo, you have to learn mei, you have to learn min, and uh, akarui, right? So there's all these things you got to learn. Uh, the question is how you go about doing that, right? And so the I guess the traditional way, the, the way that most people do it is they basically get a kanji and they kind to get a list of readings, right? Uh, sometimes it'll be pared down to just a kunyomi and just an onyomi, but that's still two readings that you got to think about. Uh, sometimes it's more than one onyomi. Depends on what resource you're using. But usually the, the kanji test that you get, it'll be like, Hey, answer all these readings. Right? Is that is that your guys' experience, maybe? I just mine. use
1: Wani So yeah. <laughs> I've never experienced that.
0: Okay. So I that's can, a good segue.
2: I can mm-hmm. say that usually when you're trying to self study, I've seen a lot of people use a dictionary and those dictionaries are gonna show all those mm-hmm. readings and they just sort of cram them all and they have no idea which one's important. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really tough that's to a good see. Point.
0: <laughs> yeah, not all these readings are created equal, right? So Sometimes they are, but a lot of the kanji, it's like one of the readings is you're going to see it like 90% of the time, or or the vocabulary that uses it are like so common that those are going to show up 90% of the time. And so you're, you're talking about, like, if you are learning like three different readings for a kanji, and one of the readings is like 90% of the use, and another one is 7%, and the other, another one is 3%, like you're spending the same amount of time learning all these different readings, but really only one of them is important. And once again, we are eventually going to learn all of these readings but it's going to be much easier if you associate just one reading with one kanji sort of a a one-to-one memory association um so the way i suggest people do it is to choose one reading and to not actually think about all this onyomi kunyomi stuff just the amount of questions that come in to our email about like how do i figure out the onyomi and the kunyomi and blah 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 blah. that's what all of our readers sound like (laughs) sorry Um, (laughs) um Sorry, I got so, I, I was method acting. I got so into them. <laughs> I forgot you what else I was going to yeah, when, <laughs> when people want to know, how do I learn them all? Yeah, yeah. And like, I, I, think, I think it's better just to learn one reading. And that, that includes kunyomi in there as well. So like all the readings, kunyomi, onyomi, whatever. Finding the one that will get you the most bang for your buck with that kanji and learning that one reading with that kanji.
2: Do you want to give some examples?
0: The kanji for, I guess it would be life would probably be the best meaning for it. It's that one kanji. It has I'm, I'm, five strokes. I'm showing everybody right now. and It's you can a, see cow it. <laughs> it a cow
1: on the ground.
0: <laughs> um, anyways, it's a cow on the ground. Anyways, it's the kanji for life. It's pretty simple. Uh, it's either nama, it could be se, it could be uh, shou, mm-hmm. it can be u if you're doing the a kunyomi, it could be an e if you're doing kunyomi. it can be a ha if you're doing kunyomi as well. It has a lot of readings. But if you take this one kanji, figure out what is the most important reading, which I think is say. Mm-hmm. learn that with that kanji, first of all, it's a lot easier. Just learn one reading. It's not, it's not like it's twice as hard to learn two readings of the kanji. I think it's exponential. Like The more readings you learn of the kanji, like, exponentially, the more difficult it becomes, just because you're trying to like, memorize the same type of thing with the kanji multiple times, and then those things get confused with each other. Uh, like you're crossing wires. So anyway, so you learn the one reading, and then you learn the rest of the readings through vocabulary. So the vocabulary, of course, they're going to take all these other readings, like we have nama, which is one of the readings. You have umu, to give birth, uh, ikiru, to get to live. Uh, that way you're having a one-to-one memory relationship with these vocabulary words and the readings for these vocabulary words rather than for this kanji. And then by learning say for this kanji, when you don't know a reading for a word, you can go ahead and just guess that it's say. And you might not be right, but because it's, like, the most important, it's the most common reading, like, there's a good chance that you're going to be right. So, like, you're just learning the one that gives you the most benefit for the least amount of time. And then you're learning the rest through vocabulary as you need you need to. And, like, not all these vocabulary create created equal as well. You have, like, readings that are kind of weird. Hairu is probably not as common. But, like, things like umu and ikiru, they're pretty important. And you're going to learn those because they are important. They are common. So it's like you're kind of naturally going to learn the things that are important. But say is the most important, so you do that. Um, The question that probably you're asking right now is how do I know which one is important? And there's a few different ways to do that. I'd recommend uh, checking out our article on how to learn kanji with radicals or the radical mnemonic method because it goes over that in there. Um, But basically there's a few different ways. You can either go with a resource that's already done it for you, like uh, Kani does it, uh, kanji damage does it, probably somebody else does it, but uh, one thing you can do is you can search for vocabulary words that use the kanji in, like, G-show. If you do, like, asterisk, the kanji, and another asterisk, put that in the G-show, it'll show you all the vocabulary words that use that kanji. And so you can see, like, okay, what are all the common words? Okay, how many times does each reading come up? And you can be like, okay, this reading comes up 70% of the time. And so you can know, okay, this is probably the reading I should learn. And, uh, you know, you might not be right all the time, but it's, it's a good way to go about doing it. But... Basically, I think you should, when you think about a kanji, instead of thinking about onyomi, kunyomi, all these other things, you should just think about the reading for a kanji. And that'll make your life so much easier, and you will like, achieve the same goal in the end. And in the long run, I think it'll be faster. Boom. Rant over.
1: It's true. The rant is true. <laughs> no, but I mean, like uh, going to your example about the cow on the ground, mm-hmm. the life one, since I only ever learned with Wani Kani I learned it exactly the way you said. So it's like, oh, cool. Here's the reading. And then when it comes to the vocabulary words, I'm like, oh, yeah, here you go. Ikiru. And it's to live. And it's like, cool. I remember this one from life because it means life. Oh, umare is birthplace. Yeah, (laughs) birth is like life. I got it. Cool. Like I'm never, no one's ever, well, hopefully no one's ever going to pull a gun on me and make me (laughs) recite all of the onyomi for the (laughs) cow on the ground kanji. Yeah, I mean, then I'll be in trouble. But as long as I always see them with vocabulary, then I'm fine.
2: And that's how you will see them, too. Mm -hmm. Right. And another argument for like when you pick that best reading, the odds are it's probably going to be an onyomi reading. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a good point. And the reason why it's so beneficial to learn the onyomi reading first is that usually those are going to be found in kanji compounds. Mm hmm. So two kanji or more together, a lot of the time those use the onyomi readings. The whole word in there will use all the onyomi readings, which is really handy if you have learned all of the onyomi readings first and you recognize it as, oh, okay, this is the kanji reading. So it's with other kanji. It's those readings together. And with the life kanji, say is what you're going to see almost all of the time when it's with other kanji. Sometimes it will be show, which is the other nah on but again we're using a really difficult kanji as an example mm-hmm. not difficult with writing it or recognizing it but difficult when, with how many readings it has and if you recognize it as well it's say you're going to be right most of the time
0: and even if you did know all the other readings and you saw a word a compound word that included it you still wouldn't know how to read it just by looking <laughs> at it right you wouldn't be like oh i know this one's say even though i'm seeing this for the first time or, i know this one's show no, you're just going to guess. But if you know the one that's the most common, then at least that guess has a higher percentage chance of being right. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is just an exception. And there's going to be a lot of exceptions. That's Shinzo Abe's fault, <laughs> if anybody. <laughs> and
1: Tokugawa's fault.
0: Yeah, for not getting on that kanji simplification. It kind of makes me think of like, remember that era in American history where they tried to make all the words sound like the pronunciations? Wait, in America? Yeah. No. We weren't alive, so I don't know I don't why you'd remember, remember it. But <laughs> yeah, one of the presidents was like, let's make all the words spelled the way we pronounce it. Hmm. And it just sounded awful. that? I don't know. Probably I like mean, Kennedy or something. I have no idea. That was the first president that came to mind. <laughs> yeah.
2: At one point, English did sound the way it's spelled still, but I mean, language evolves, and mm-hmm. our writing system did not evolve. And if we tried to go back, that would be. A terrible idea maybe if we created a new writing system that made sense with English so that Ooh. foreign learners could be like oh this makes so much more sense it's phonetic like uh. Japan's two alphabets it would be way easier to learn English spelling because that's why it's so difficult right now um, because like Japanese we also have roots in other languages <laughs> which is why we have water or like aqueduct is water pipe, you know, mm. but we don't say water pipe. We say aqua from, you know.
1: And aquaman is really water man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah?
2: He's just water man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do have similar, you know, hey, we we took some things from one language and one from another like Japan does. So if you think about it that way, it's not as complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: we're all stealers of language. Yeah, it's how language works. All right. Well, this is getting pretty heavy, so... I think it's time for a segment that we like to call <laughs> Kanji Fun Facts with Kristen.
1: <laughs> are you trying not to steal some song
0: or are you trying to copy songs? I just don't the, know what it is. Is that the is that the the pre-say pre- is rigahut? What? <laughs>
1: what? What? I was kind of doing price is right, but yeah. I don't know which one.
0: The pre-say is rigahut.
2: Oh, I I see what's happening. Let's not do that. This is how
0: language is now, right?
2: Oh yeah, sure.
0: I'm I'm ahead of the curve on the English language. Okay,
1: (laughs) I was trying to introduce Kristen's fun fun segment Mm -hmm. that was the theme song for it
2: all right i'm going to talk about some fun kanji facts Kanji facts. if you are really tired of hearing this podcast today and you're not interested in this just turn it off you're not gonna
0: like this skip skip to the end where we read the reviews yeah make sure sure to
1: subscribe (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah subscribe before you turn me off yeah so did you know that there are six different types oh thanks there are six different types of kanji what what Six whole different types. Remember how I was talking at the very beginning about how only 600 or so kanji are pictograms?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. That means that
2: they're like, ooh, I once, a tree was just a drawing of a tree, and now it's like a stylized <sighs> Those version. Those the days. That is just one of the six types of kanji.
1: Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Pictogram is one of six types. Mm-hmm. What are the other five? Are there
0: are more.
2: So the first one, because some of them kind of build off of each other, oh. is ideograms really simple one so an ideogram is basically if a pictogram is a picture of something that you can actually see an ideogram is something that expresses an abstract idea
1: like the kanji for love
2: What is love? nope oh, man. um I'm losing cl- close-ish but no uh think of smaller so what's abstract the idea of counting one two three the idea oh. of one two three is abstract because you're not saying like tree, tree, tree. Mm, no, you're saying, oh, one tree, two, three, three tree. three tree. So we have in Japanese, one line is one. Two lines is two. Three lines and, and is three. And Chinese as well. And Chinese.
0: <laughs> they, maybe they came up with it. I'm not sure though. What? I don't want them to get angry. I've never yeah. heard of that before. They don't listen to this podcast.
2: So yeah, so these, these were taken know. from taken from china let's not forget about that oh. so what are some <laughs> other are there any other abstract ideas you can think of
1: okay
0: that tra- okay so there's ideograms the number zero oh, that's that's another number though yeah that's another number uh, try again uh, feelings? Feel, Ooh, good one
2: well what?
0: yeah that's, uh, feelings aren't of, real okay let's, michael <laughs> <laughs> that's,
3: let's that's let's, let's try learned. something uh, kind of <laughs> but let's
2: try something simpler so how about up and down how do you express up and down mm. That's in English, you point. might think, ooh, like an arrow up or an arrow down. Well, right. if you know the kanji for up and down. What
0: is up when we're in space? <laughs>
2: <laughs> the kanji for up is, is... down? Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Come to think of it. Okay. In space. Are you done? Yep.
2: <laughs> the kanji for up mm-hmm. is a flat line on the bottom, mm-hmm. a line intersecting it, and then a smaller line above that baseline. Ooh, I know It's this one. marking that to say, look... This line is above. Below is basically that flipped. Right. So you have the long line on top and then the little line is kind of coming out below it. There are similar things. So if you wanted to say root in Japanese, um, if you don't really aren't too familiar with kanji, you'll know it as home book that... Originally meant root, and it still does in compounds. Mm-hmm. It's a tree with mm-hmm. a line where the roots would be. Oh, shit. A
0: line saying, hey, this is the root part. Are you saying that kanji have little lines to mark like locations in
2: them? Some of them do, yeah. So we also that. have, if That's you cool. take a tree and you make a long line on the top, that kanji, which now like sue can mean like end, it originally meant top. It meant top. It's
3: the top know. of the
1: tree. Top of tree. Bottom of tree. And
2: oh those are the simple ideograms that we have in Japanese. They're not Man. pictograms. Like, what is So there's
1: pictograms, ideograms, and then, like, direction uh, No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the next thing we have is compounds made with those ideograms. They're called ideogramic compounds, mm. right? And they're basically two or more ideograms combined to suggest a third meaning. Oh, no. Okay. Not again. We're talking about a lot of trees, right? Uh-huh. So if you take a tree and you put it next to another oh, tree, no. you have a grove, Ooh. Hayashi. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You take three trees and put them together and you have a forest, Mori. That is an mm. ideogramic compound. Let's talk about some more because those are, those are really simple. You learn them very early, right? How about the kanji for man? You have mm. a field, a rice paddy on top, mm-hmm. and then the kanji for strength power if you have strength in the field that's a man damn you japan
0: i thought thought ladies do a lot of the work
2: they sure do (laughs) they sure do
1: someone making kanji was trying to to rewrite (laughs) history i guess here's another less someone uh, in china though oh that's right Mm. i'm wrong
2: (laughs) here's a less uh it's mr kanji one so you have right and left a lot of people have a really hard time telling the difference mm-hmm. between right and left when they start. They're like, why are these different? I don't understand. So the first one, you have Anwani Kani, we call it a narwhal because it looks like the katakana yeah. na, right? Mm-hmm. That, a long, long time ago, well, it used to... looks like to, a narwhal. Yeah, it's kind of... We did a... Someone did a yeah. drawing of it. It's yeah. very beautiful. That used to be a hand, right? It's very, very old. Nobody really thinks of it that way anymore. But it was hand plus mouth. Hand to mouth, Right. You use your right hand to eat. Mm-hmm. What? Left.
0: There are no left-handed people. It is was hand out of them.
2: With the, the kanji we think of today as con- construction or work. So you use hand to work. That's your left hand. You use your right hand to eat and your left hand to work.
0: I so use it, my right hand, for both, personally. Today.
2: <laughs> but think about, um, there are even some cultures today where you mm-hmm. your left hand is for like wiping your, your bum butt, butt
0: or stuff. Yeah. you know mm-hmm. and
2: your right hand is for eating you only eat or touch other people's hands with your right hand that's where the idea of right and left the kanji came from
0: mm. i bet there's one one dude out there who does the opposite and only he knows <laughs> <laughs> and he just like smiles every time he shakes someone's hand with a knowing smile that only he knows
2: <laughs> i think it's you is it
3: you
0: you ever wonder why i shake people's hands with my right hand like everyone else <laughs> like everyone else my hand kind of hurts because i've been
1: drawing all these on my smile. hand okay it's so how many have we we've done four that's no that's three, that's oh, three. so the
2: fourth one this is the one that oh, matters the most fact. so after you've learned the basics which is a tree looks like a tree a mountain looks like a mountain mm-hmm. put them together they look like other stuff awesome right you get over 90% of the kanji actually are. They're phonosemantic compounds. So phonosemantic basically means that one half is the meaning. It implies mm. what the meaning could have something to do with. And then the other half is implying the reading. So I have some examples, and hopefully there's, these are simple enough. But if any of you... Um, are familiar with basic kanji if you're using genki or whatever book you're using you've oh, definitely wani kani. Or, or or that that one that good old that good old wani kani juice oh, is that uh, a
0: ghost is that the ghost of kong actually talking to us
2: i'll i'll use the wani kani um radicals when i'm explaining them but also say like the, the stereotypical one so on the left you usually have what is implying the meaning on the right you usually have what's implying the reading Okay. Picture on the left. For those of you who's, who use WaniKani, it's the tsunami r- radical. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for those of you who don't use WaniKani, that's generally the alternative water radical.
0: For auditory learners, that's a plop, plop, plop on yep. the left side.
2: I, it, it sure <laughs> is. Um, then, okay, picture the right side now. You have the kanji for sheep, hitsuji, ba. Which that's the, right the side. Yeah. That's the ba, the ba.
0: Sorry, me is the Japanese version. My bad.
2: (laughs) Now, we we only care on the right side about the reading, right? We don't Mm -hmm. care that it's a sheep. But the reading for that is yō. Okay? (gasps) So you have water and yō. Put those together and you have the kanji for ocean.
1: Hmm.
2: Water, sheep. The meaning is ocean. The reading is yō.
1: What? Wait a minute. That's
2: the kanji you see in like Pacific Ocean. Things like that. It's not like umi, like sea.
1: So it's like, okay, here on your left side, if you look to your left of the bus, you'll (laughs) see the meaning, which is a bunch of water. Mm -hmm. You look to the right side of the bus, here's how you're going to read it. Mm -hmm. And now Mm -hmm. we're done with the tour. Yep. Thanks. What? That's how it works?
2: That's how over 90% of the kanji works.
0: Sometimes 90% of the time. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) over 90% of the time. 90% of the time. Every
2: time. let's do another example. Picture on the left. Here's the meaning. You have the kanji for day. He. Like sun. He. Day. Um, Yeah. That's the sound. On the right, you have the reading, which is G for temple. That G. Mm -hmm. Put those two together and you have time. Reading is G, meaning is time. Because what happens with days, right? So... Michael looks
1: very upset. I'm just like seeing through the matrix right now.
2: So this is a lot of kanji. And if you've ever met a Japanese person or maybe even someone else who's learning Japanese who can look at a kanji and say, oh, the reading's probably this. It's because of this pattern. They're saying, oh, well, the right side is this. It's obviously red yo." This doesn't work 100% of the time, but a lot of the time it works. Some You can't always infer the reading or the meaning, because it's, it can be difficult to kind of inf- like figure out, oh, well, do yeah, these really go together? If you see the together? sun,
1: you might not be like, oh, time. You might be like, hot, round, my eyes.
2: Though some of them do work together that way, um, because some of them are those other ideogrammic compounds where the meanings do matter together. But in, in other cases, it's, hey, I know what the reading's going to be because it's this, and I know it's going to have something to do with water. Hmm. And that's how most kanji work.
0: Dum, bum,
2: bum.
0: I'm just kind of speechless right now. Okay, no. I want another kanji fact. Okay. Unless we're done.
2: Well, there are, there are um, two more types of kanji. Uh, they're super small in comparison to the rest. They really don't matter. Um, one is derivative cognates, which is kind mm, of the least understood yes. of all of them. It basically means that some <laughs> characters have similar meanings and readings but don't actually mean the same thing so if you have like ongaku the gaku in that that means music but it can also be read raku which means like comfort or um and something's enjoyable that's the same kanji but it has two separate readings and meanings those are unique from each other Hmm. that there aren't that many but that's one example and then the last one is phonetic loan characters which is Ateji, things like that, where mm. they're borrowing maybe the reading or the meaning or both from another language. It's kind of like what they were doing with Manyogana, stealing the phonetic part and not the other, the meaning. Um, but there are a ton of different kinds of those. And we actually have an article on it uh, called Weird Kanji that I wrote a long time ago.
3: Like Sushi is it. one of those.
0: Sushi is one of those.
2: Word. So what's the kanji for sushi, Koichi?
0: So it's <laughs> <laughs> so The first one, Sue, is like longevity. And then she would be like, I don't know, like director. Mm -hmm. Something like that.
1: Longevity director is sushi. Delicious. Mm, Because when you eat sushi, it becomes a director in your body that tells the rest of your (laughs) organs to live longer.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, those meanings don't mean anything.
2: And sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes (gasps) it'll be like, well, we took the meanings from this. Right. Or use a um, like uh, tobacco, the tobacco is just tobacco in Japanese, but there are kanji for it. It's the kanji for smoke and the kanji for grass because nice. that's hmm. that's what it is. So yeah. they took the word tobacco and they were like, yeah, I like this. They're like, hey, we could just we could just make kanji for this. We
0: Got this. We got this. The hobbit grass. We love eating smoke grass, I love gobbling it down like a hungry hobbit.
2: And sometimes they circle. they borrowed jeez. <laughs> sometimes they borrowed both too, like um, uh, that kanji for abacus and like razor. All of those inaka is a good one. Inaka has the readings from the kanji that it uses, and the readings make sense. And the, so do the the kanji. It's fun. So those are some kanji facts for you.
0: So in, in conclusion kanji's really cool.
2: Kanji's really cool, please. The
0: more you know about it the easier it gets, the it's more true. fun it gets. It's none of this stuff feels cool when you first start learning it. It feels very overwhelming and mm-hmm. awful and painful and difficult, but if you can just work through that, it just gets more and more interesting and it's like it's like you're Discovering new things, yeah once start, discovering new friends once things start clicking, then you're like,
1: "Oh, yeah, you make connections, yeah like just learning about how you know the left side and the right side could help you mm-hmm. learn stuff that's cool, yeah, it's that's cool, guys cool.
0: this is like this is like your first field school field trip to the the landfill. <laughs> you guys do <see> that <laughs> no. nope. Okay. Didn't Definitely. I went to the landfill about five times I in um, my elementary school. What? Yeah.
2: I'm sorry. And the
0: water treatment plant. <laughs> what?
2: I went to a sewage plant okay. once. There you go. So I guess now that
0: multiply that by like five, mm. and every year, <laughs> and, no- <laughs> and nowhere else <laughs> did we go. Oh no, we went to the weird Pioneer place. Okay, oh, yeah! Where okay. everyone was like, "Oh, what is that strange clothes you're wearing?"
2: For those of you on the East Coast, <laughs> I went to Sturbridge Village every year. What? It's in Massachusetts, Sturbridge? and it's the best. Sturbridge Village. Really? For those
1: of you in Indiana, I went to Conner Prairie.
0: I don't remember what mine is called, but we made arrowheads, and that was fun. <laughs> made them? Yeah, you didn't make arrowheads. Yeah, Absolutely we made not. candles. Well, I did arrowheads. Po- you can stab people with. So. I did pottery. Woo. Yeah.
2: I, I would sit in the pottery place where the guy who was making pots all day. My parents would just leave me there <laughs> and go no. do other
0: things. You're left with the pot man. I just really liked it. I didn't want to go down that hobbit grass. Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: <laughs> Please tell us um, the the old timey home, uh, old timey
0: village you went to in school. as all a All right, kid. that's our action item number one. Uh-huh. Yeah, if you do it, Let's get to that part.
2: I'll send you a, a sticker.
0: Whoa, you're going to be sending all <laughs> of envelopes, Kristen. I right. think you're uh, overestimating. How, how should she, how should they send that information uh, to you? Tweet
2: it at tofugu.
0: Uh-huh. And use the hashtag Use the hashtag Hungry Hobbit Grass.
2: Yeah, <laughs> sure, fine. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but you have to okay. It can't be like you Googled it. I need like some kind of history. Like when I was in second grade, I went here and a horse ate my pants. In
0: hundred and forty characters. And that includes Hungry Hobbit grass was that yes.
2: what it was? just i want to see your stirbridge village mm-hmm. and if Show it's plymouth rock that doesn't count because what? that's not an old-timey village plymouth oh. rock is a place and it's just a dumb rock you look down at through a hole so oh. don't even start with me that doesn't count
1: and you can't put connor prairie because that's my one and you can't put mine
0: in whatever it is <laughs> what was mine was it like discovery village or something i don't know if you go to discovery zone
3: <laughs> I wish I could
0: love <laughs> Discovery Zone Yeah I loved getting like rabies or whatever the kids got from the balls <laughs> <laughs> I think it was E. coli not Oh right? yeah well, I was super in There weren't like <laughs> I love that place though There weren't
1: like dogs and cats in those ball pits I tried to procrastinate <laughs> try was, not to get to the poop, end guys. to get
0: poop. to that rainbow rolly slide that pinched your butt <laughs> Yeah yeah. I always got shocked by like the static electricity mm. in the tube slides
1: mm-hmm.
2: Discovery Zone had like a box of rocks right? Because that's all I cared what? about a box of <laughs>
0: rocks. No, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Wait,
2: wait, wait. wait.
0: We're, Maybe at, I'm we're thinking, going to different ow. Discovery
1: Zones. Yeah, Discovery Zone was like a big... Oh, was it a play place? It was like a big, a giant oh, play oh, place. Oh, no.
2: I went to a place <gasps> that discovery was called... Discovery Zone. A, it must have been like a one-off, like not a chain. Because yeah. I went to a like place a in the mall museum. and it was small and it had like, look at these... Remember that time you were criticizing rocks? us yeah. for
0: like going way off topic? Well... Welcome to the club. Hey, man. Welcome to the club. <laughs> we want you here. It's the yeah, end of the awesome.
2: podcast. I just it's the spit all over my podcast where we talk all over for six hours in <laughs> <Zone. laughs> Why'd you spit on your hand? You guys made me laugh <laughs> oh. while I was drinking, and it got well, all over my room.
0: I'm to be, like, sorry, but not sorry, because laughing is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spitting. Well, that's just a okay, result of Okay, that was one The, the moral item. of the story. An action item.
2: Kanji is really cool. There's a ton of stuff you can learn. (laughs) There's fun facts everywhere. If you want to like chill and talk about kanji or like what dictionary you use, that's something you can tweet me about other than Plymouth Rock not being a place. And and you're going to get
0: some stickers.
2: Yeah, you'll get some stickers. Yeah, man. I'm very lonely. Talk to me or follow me (laughs) on (laughs) Twitter. No one will talk to me about kanji in the office. What?
3: What? I'm so alone. I
1: talk to you about kanji, I say, remember that cow on the ground one? It's so good. Oh man! <laughs> oh man! So,
2: uh, just I'm so <laughs> wanted to say it was so titillating, and I can't say that. What's a word that's titillating but not that word? Um, I, No, like the conversation is so. I like titillating. Fine. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I have a kanji
0: uh, fact. Oh, what's your what's your kanji fact? It's going back to Mr. Kong-jie. No! No. <laughs> So, but this is, this is in 1976 where someone made an input method for computers, like where you could use a QWERTY keyboard. That's a regular keyboard for you, regular folk. And you could type in, uh, you can type in Chinese characters or Hanji using this keyboard. And I think it was 24 keys, 24, 25 keys, something like that were assigned basically like radicals. They're not actually radicals, but they're like, you know, parts of kanji. And you would use those, to to type in whole kanji. So like you just like basically type the radicals in the correct order to make a kanji, and it would actually output as like regular letters, and then and then be converted over to kanji. That's amazing. Later, it's so weird, and so like it would just like try to combine these radicals into a kanji depending on what you typed in, and so I think, gosh, I I, I can't quite remember, but it was like. By doing this, you could actually create new kanji. It's so, like the algorithm would just like create new stuff and I think it was like it was something like it was something crazy. It was like 5000 out of the 15000 characters it could create were just fake, were just made what? up by just typing in random letters. Oh my god. For the
2: amount of people that like if spell check didn't tell them something was spelled wrong, like if spell check yeah. could just make stuff up, people would be spelling stuff completely wrong all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. There's like five Especially s's in at-
1: necessary now because <laughs> <laughs> there's no squiggly line under it
0: that's right
2: we've become so uh so indoctrinated by
0: by but the yeah. squids we've all this, become uh, this, this input method is super interesting like people uh people who are really good at it like uh they can <laughs> <laughs> Um. okay so like so like people are like pretty good at they were able to type like 25 characters a minute and then people are really good at it they were able to do like 60 characters per minute and then another report said 200 characters per minute so that's like nope wow Mm -hmm. but like they were saying that like people who are typing they didn't actually they stop it's kind of like how we're typing really fast you don't really think about it they're just like able to type the characters without thinking Like by like, just typing in these combinations. Were they only
2: saying like "the dog goes to the barn"? The dog goes to the barn, (laughs) (laughs) like over and (laughs) over. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
0: not. I'm not like checking on these these, (gasps) kong ga input method.
2: What's What's that typing game that you can play in Japanese arcades with a keyboard?
0: Typing of the typing of the dead.
2: Yes, if they had that with that system, I would play it. And I That'd would be fail hard. because I'm terrible at normal typing of the dead because they use those old lumpy keyboards. and I can't it's type so on hard. those anymore. Mm-hmm. I need flat. Well, anyway, like, none of this matters. Uh, kanji so is great. I'm going to say it again.
0: You should look up this kanji input method. It's super cool. Like, like look at this. Look at this stuff that you guys can't see. Like, oh. look, they're Ooh. just like writing this and then boom, a kanji pops out. <laughs> and this, boom, a kanji comes out. Here you go, Michael. You can see it yeah, too.
1: Yeah, now it's being pointed towards me. Ooh.
0: So, like, I see the kanji. Type for in all those and boom, it? Oh. pops it out. Wow. Type those in Boom! pops it out. It's exciting.
1: That is pretty cool. Yeah, right? Yeah, we don't even need QWERTYs no more. They,
0: just with 24 keys, 24 different radicals, you combine them together to create, like, what? I think it was 15,000? 15,
1: 15,000, 5,000 of which do not exist.
0: <laughs> oh, actually, okay, so 15,000 characters, 10,000 don't exist. Oh. Yeah. Or just, Ooh, that's a much worse percentage. It's actually, <laughs> actually, described in the manual. As, like, automatic generation of Giant characters. Giant warning.
2: Hey, uh, so...
0: Super cool. Which is, it's kind of neat because, like, of course, as we know, Kanjie made all the characters by himself, so it's... Mm-hmm. Speaking of making up
2: characters, up characters, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. Japanese mm-hmm. people made up their own kanji.
0: I make up my own kanji, They're too. called
2: Kokuji, <laughs> like, literally, like, Koku, like, na- nation, like, mm-hmm. national kanji. And they just kind of put some of them together. I mean, together. they look good. They do look good. They, they look, look really like good. rokanji. You would never, ever, I mean, ever know. Like,
0: what is kanji other than smaller kanji So, okay. put together?
2: Picture this. Done. Fire <gasps> next to a rice pad Ooh. is a field. Hatake. It's a Japanese yeah, word. Only it. has a kunyomi reading. So did they, did they Princess burn? Hime. Only in Japan. They put those together.
0: Mm, yes.
1: What are some other ones? Some
2: other ones. <laughs> How about Mountain Pass? It's... A mountain with up and down.
0: <laughs> that Polge. makes sense because you go up and down a mountain. Yeah. But what is up? There's other ones like... <laughs> what they, is down?
2: For a bunch of f- different types of fish, like sardines, they just kind of like put the con- like, yeah the fish, fish. <laughs> and then put like, all right, it's a small one or it's so over here. And so there are tons of different like made up fish ones. Those
0: tiny subservient people are so um, clever.
2: <laughs> this is a really basic word you probably learned, komu, like crowded. Mm-hmm. That one is... Yeah, weird. Well yeah it's well a road yeah it's a road with um a An enter enter so if but too many people are entering the road it makes it crowded that is a kokuji japanese people made that it's not a chinese
0: kanji you won't How find cool this that? in china
2: so like kokuji
1: no, here's
0: our second here's our second action item because like we make up words in english all the time mm-hmm. why can't we make up our own kanji so make up your own kanji and send it to us and tell <gasps> us the meaning Heck yeah. yes,
2: but it can't exist. So if you try well, to make one, that's what making up something. <laughs> is. Right, but if you but if you think you're putting one together, and I find out it's a real kanji, yeah. I'm going to shame out. you yeah. on oh, Twitter in front of everybody. Don't
0: shame our users. Just go on G Show. Send them a make private sure it exist message first. that's very threatening, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey,
2: buddy, I see what you did there. I have your mm. dog, and I'm going to keep it. And and maybe treat Kristen, it very lovingly. Maybe Kristen
0: will send you a sticker for that too. <laughs> but not but I. not
1: a good one. It'll be half a sticker.
2: I'm gonna make an. I'm gonna make an. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah. If you legitimately send one and I find out it's a real kanji, I'll I'll like rip a sticker in half. What? But and not I, send it to. Them. <laughs> <just> <laughs> throw it in the trash. I'll, I'll do a video and I'll throw it in the trash. And I'll send that those, to you. Those stickers cost I'll put money it on a that disc we, drive
0: that we. Make I'll by put it, on the I'll Tofugu record store.
2: it. I'll put that on the CD and I will mail the CD to you. And you have to put it in your computer and watch a video of me ripping a that sticker. Sounds and like a lot of work. work. Yeah, I'm not doing any That's of this. I'm If you I'm gonna make an intern, do all of this. But she
0: might send a sticker. Maybe if you send a really cool one You have to send a cool meaning, me
2: like a really cool new kanji. Mm-hmm. And I, I
0: you have swear. to Sorry. do the reading too. <laughs> Sorry, I'm playing footsie with her. <laughs> if audio you engineer, send me, <laughs> what? If you send a
1: tweet to to Tofugu at all. In the next week, I'll just dump a sticker in the garbage disposal.
2: (laughs) Oh, in the shredder. We have a shredder. (laughs) In the shredder
1: for every tweet you send to Tofugu. We're we're paying for these stickers. (laughs) I'm going to destroy our store stock. Oh, my
0: gosh.
2: But do you see how excited we get uh. over Tanji?
1: All right, that's our
0: second action item. Our third action item is please go to iTunes, rate and review the Tofugu podcast. We really appreciate it. It helps us out a ton. Oh, yeah. I was going to read some reviews, but no one left a review, so. What?
2: What?
1: Come on,
0: guys.
2: What the heck? I've Uh, never even been here for reading them. to read a And they don't tell me what anybody says.
0: Well, you have to listen to the podcast. Oh, I'm not doing that. Because we've read all of them. Do you think I'm going to listen to this? No, there's some
1: we haven't read, right? Do we read all of them? We've read them all. Oh, no. You guys, we are at the end of the show. Now I'm never going to know. We don't have any damn reviews (laughs) because
0: of you. I'm never going to know. We have nothing to do. We have to just keep talking forever until a review comes in. <laughs>
1: That's basically what That's we're doing. That's why
0: this is the five-hour
1: podcast. Oh, this everybody. is a really long
0: one. What does the time thing say before we edit it?
1: One hundred and
0: fifty-two. <laughs> oh no!
1: Or one hour and fifty-two minutes.
2: Oh. well. When Jamal you dies guys, next week,
0: you guys will have to find someone the sun, else. The sun is so long. The sun has gone past the temple so many times, <laughs> and. And times has gone by. What is time really? In I can't space. believe
2: nobody reviewed. I'm never gonna be here when you guys read a review.
1: Come on, there's got to be one. Okay, here, read. Here, let me get one for. I'll Kristen make one up.
2: I'll make one up. Okay. Dear Tofugu, your rants make it impossible to listen to your podcast. Zero <laughs> out of zero, or zero out of hundred stars. That sounds like a real review. That sounds like a very real <laughs> review. Did you just read a review? Uh, yeah, it was real. I could write a review. I read it on these myself. bones that I burned in a fire. It's yeah. It told me in kanji.
1: I'm going to read one from December 22nd. <laughs> okay. 2016. Oh my gosh, it's Neurowit's- that old? This podcast has been such a joy to listen to. The hosts are funny, personable, and weird. We did read this one. We did. Damn it.
0: This is when we started the podcast. Thank you, Nearwit, for <laughs> getting on board the 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 Mrs. Krizzle train.
1: Oh, wait, we've never read this one. What? Uh, from <laughs> Nerd <laughs> femio, amusing and lighthearted while educational. <laughs> Good for otaku and weeps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's oh. us.
0: <laughs> we, did we did it, guys. Uh, Shoot. If I would seen that, I would have burned the podcast <laughs> to the ground a long time ago. Well, this is the last episode, everybody. It's yeah, because We're I done. read that. Oh, man. It's over. You, you you triggered me. <laughs> Don't well, you do know what? That. My or that's not what I meant. I meant like like I'm a secret spy.
1: A candidate. And you're going to you're going to uh,
0: explode in the next 10 seconds. And my thing is seconds. to burn down the Tofugu podcast once I hear the secret words <laughs> which were the ones that you read. <laughs> so, I'm taking a fire to the podcast and
1: Oh no, we're burning.
0: <laughs> Quietly. Uh well, that'll be it. Let's oh, let's get out of here. I'm so sorry, everybody. This was this was, this was a rough ending. I just wanted best. to
2: do a fun podcast about cool kanji. Well, you know, it was and everybody fun. ruined it.
0: It was so fun. And then, and then we got hungry. And then you know what happens when kids get hungry? We get grumpy. And we don't have any Pringles. We don't have any <laughs> Pringles. We don't have the celery with the, the, the peanuts butter on it. <laughs> and, and I want the raisins on there. <laughs> Why would you? Oh, I want the ants on a log. The ones that <laughs> I saw all the other kid eating. <laughs> and all that other one I kid. want all the other kid eating and I want to eat I want to eat the and on a log. Th- this is
1: you guys who listen to the podcast. Do you know how late we stay for these?
2: If you're if you, this is the one it's where you're so like nighttime if, right now. if
1: you're it
0: in a car away my bedtime. And you're okay. with
2: your mom and you're like, "Oh my god, mom, I've been listening to this really educational <laughs> podcast and you've gotten this far. I'm sorry, mom. I'm sorry."
1: Wait, the mom was listening the whole oh, time?
2: Cuz you're in your car. Oh
1: anything, the mom And you were
2: like, hey mom, I like know we have to drive to m- Mississippi but or we're escaping the hurricane and we're dri- driving we north.
0: We're trying to get to the Pilgrim Village. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, Plymouth Rock's a disappointment.
1: Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Plymouth Rock's a disappointment. <laughs> My bus got lost. I was That's very tired. That's been the main point of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. Uh, rate and review us or I else guess. we won't have anything to read Maybe next Maybe don't
0: week. rate us after this one. Maybe rate us after you listen to a better one. Like ending, like it was good, and then we like, started. We were just all that hobbit grass <laughs> that we're munching.
2: We are in Portland.
1: Yeah, it was a good episode, you guys. Just believe
0: it. Just believe it. Believe it. Is it. that
2: that Naruto. <laughs>
0: it is. Write us the new kanji.
2: Yeah, give me give me new uh, kanji.
0: Give us stickers. No, we no, give, we give <laughs> you stickers. Yeah, I reviews. got a whole pile of stickers behind Maybe. my desk. <sighs> Goodbye. Okay.
2: Goodbye.
0: Yeah.